Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 1235 in Edmonton. Some guests on our show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Just before. We go to John Shannon, our NHL insider. Uh, Peter from Wainwright has taken, he's a big soccer fan, but he's texted us to say, Bob, Mike Babcock back in Canadian University sports. Tell me what program he was a part of and when. Never, ever heard you talk about it before. Happy Monday, Bob. Uh, 1993-94. He uh, was with the Moose Jaw Warriors prior to that, got relieved of his duties, and Lethbridge needed a coach in a hurry because a guy by the name of Dave Adolph went to the University of Saskatchewan. In 1991-92, so in January of 92, the Alberta Golden Bears beat Lethbridge 14-2. to I remember John Sexsmith and myself broadcast that game. Uh, Alberta could have scored 20. And Alberta did win the national championship that year. They had a couple defensemen uh, make it to the NHL off that team, including Corey Cross, who I think played at least 600 games. Ian Herbers, who's the head coach currently at the U of A. And those guys weren't the best two puck-moving defensemen they had. Like, Alberta had a good team. They had a guy named Adam Morrison, who was a police officer in town with EPS for a number of years, who was probably the best player I saw play at the U of A that did not play in the National Hockey League. He was offered one-way deals at least three separate off-seasons. He could absolutely shoot the pill, like at an NHL shot. And he was tough, but he wanted to be a police officer. Uh, anyhow... Uh, the Bears won in 92. So that was a pretty good team that beat Lethbridge 14 to 2. Several of those players were on Babcock's team in 93, 94. And in his only year as a U Sports team, uh, head coach, he galvanized that team and they won a national championship. He would tell you that's the best coaching job he's ever done. Not Detroit when they won the cup in 08. Um, not, uh, Anaheim when he got to the final in 03. Uh, not, um, Team Canada in 2010-2014. So uh, there you go. That's uh, my useless, superfluous information that I uh, far too often bring on this show. As we go to our NHL insider, John Shannon, for Legacy Heating and Cooling with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy, Legacy Heating and Cooling. 
that's a coup for Saskatchewan, isn't it, uh, John, to, to get a caliber of that coach uh, and, and a guy that uh, has had lots of experiences, some good, some not great, to, to help bring along a young coach and they don't have to pay Mike because the Maple Leafs are still paying him? Okay, so uh, you bring up a good point, but how long? How long is Mike Babcock here? No more than a year. Uh, My guess is no more than a year. So who's who, who's who's winning this? Is is Mike Babcock winning this because it will prove to people that he can work with young guys and he'll try to take the stigma off a reputation that was damaged a little bit since he was uh, relieved of his duties in Toronto? Or because uh, it certainly won't help recruiting for the University of Saskatchewan in the long term. Uh, I don't. I, you know, I. I, I Listen, I like Mike. Um, I'm I, I'm I'm trying to downplay the Mike to Saskatchewan thing because I think it's I think it's Mike taking advantage of a situation. And you're right, the Maple Leafs are still subsidizing. Well, yeah, I mean he's not getting paid by the school. The school's going to go out and hire a young coach that he can bring along. Uh, they're in a new building. John, they, by my count, they've always had sort of, they're like Georgia in NCAA football. Like Georgia always has like the third to the fifth best recruiting class. But the problem is they're in the conference with Alabama. And like Saskatchewan and hockey never have as quite as good of players as Alberta. And they used to play in an arena called the Rutherford Rink that at one time was, was the oldest freestanding arena in Canada. Okay. And that arena was like 150 to 100. 60 feet and their teams got exposed because they were never in good enough shape playing in that crappy little barn right and they finally now they've got a beautiful new facility there uh they've 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 had good enough put it this way if you're recruiting three versus uh like top five classes but maybe three four or five you're good enough to win sometimes and sure but here but bob but Bob, Mike Babcock's going to be there for a year. He'll be there for a year. Let's, 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 not, let's not make too much out of this. I mean, you, you can bring up the University of Georgia all you want, but Vince Dooley was there more than a year. <laughs> you know, so uh, this, is, this, uh, this to me is a, this is a, somebody trying to save his reputation. Is that what it That's is? what this is. In my opinion, yeah. 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 Do you think... You know, I mean, he, I, 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 I don't know... For the short term, the University of Saskatchewan gets a coach. Uh, maybe he can mentor a young guy for a year. You think a young guy for a year is going to be better after one year with Mike? Maybe. I, I'm not so yeah. sure. I'm just. I, I'm. I guess I'm. I'm. You know what? I have. I'm a little tired of Mike Babcock. What a great guy. Sacrifice he is situation. I'm tired of it. I'm sorry. You're you're absolutely entitled to that perspective. And you know what? I would say this, that one of the things that social media does is it, it, it brings out in certain respects of the best when people uh, relay terrific stories and positive energy stories, but it also reinforces uh, the negative sort of people that, you know, live for schadenfreude and enjoy seeing people have their lives turned upside down, even if to uh, a certain extent it was self-induced. So uh, this, I'll be really intrigued to see where this goes because I do think Babcock's a, a top 10 caliber coach. But what happened in Toronto with some of the stuff with, specifically with Mitch Marner, was not cool. So hopefully he's learned from that because that it it's it, you know that's that's a manipulative sort of perspective to 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 take as a coach. All right, now I'm going to hit. I hope so too. All right, I'm going to hit so the Battle of Alberta. 
uh, didn't quite, quite come off the way we thought now for Oilers fans, John, and this show is called Oilers Now, there's a lot of really excited fans uh, today. Uh, you know, the team has now won 9 of 11 games. Uh, both, they've now got two goaltenders. So I'm going to spin it back on you here. What do you think's going on in Calgary? Like, they've got a terrific goaltender in Jacob Markstrom. If not for him, they might only have five or six wins. Like, what, what's going on with that team, John? What do you think? Well, I, if I knew that answer, I would be the general manager or the coach. Because um, I think Brad Treliving is asking the same question. What, what are we missing? What, what have we done wrong? Um, I think there's a frustration that the, the level of intensity that uh, we saw at times last year uh, in the bubble uh, haven't existed this year. You're right. Markstrom, you know, Markstrom was great early on, and they went to the well too many times with him. And, and Jacob Markstrom, is a type of guy that if you play him too much, he starts to wander both physically and mentally. And, you know, out of, out of the net too much, trying to control the puck, trying to do too much, and it's backfired on them. And now he's tired. And so, you know, I think we, we saw that a great deal on Saturday night with the, with the five goals on 15 shots. Um, he carried the load. I, and I think, and, and I think if you talk to them privately, they may say we made a mistake by going with him so many times, um, you know, and not giving David Riddick a chance to play because Riddick at times last year was pretty darn good for that organization. So you, you have that. Um, you know, I mean, Sean Monahan has uh, not played as many games as they thought he would. That's an issue. Um, uh, there, there's Matthew Kachuk. Matthew Kachuk. Sorry, I get I get in trouble by saying Kachuk because that's Walter Kachuk from Kitchener. Uh, sure. Matthew Kachuk um, uh, hasn't played with that level of intensity, so he need and and in many ways he's the straw that stirs the drink there. So you have to wonder a little bit about that. There, there, it's it's and it's all just happened at once. You know, Bob. We talk about this darn Canadian division. Is the, you know when you get into a funk, it's hard to get out of it because you're playing the same teams all the time. Uh, Montreal's in that funk now too, so it's going to take something. And whether it's a game in Toronto to turn it around, I don't know. But uh, where, where Calgary is tonight, but they're they're in a funk. Uh, they have the talent to get out of it. I just don't think the players know how to get out of it. Well, Matthew Kachuk has not scored in nine goals. Monahan hadn't scored in twelve, or sorry, nine games. Monahan hadn't scored in twelve, and I'm told that he was playing with the injury for a while, and they finally just pulled him out. Um, yep. They're they're lacking some off. At, the numbers would suggest that they're lacking a little bit of depth scoring right now as well. Like obviously Bennett hasn't broken through. Uh, we had Brad, as you know, we had Brad Trey living on the show on Friday, and I I kind of like their defense but the forwards I, I just and the other thing is everything's magnified this year even though we don't have fans in the building which right. yeah, i felt bad for Oilers fans john because it would have been awesome for them to have been a part of on saturday night but you know people have got a lot of attention right now and the numbers would suggest that with nhl hockey and rogers for this canadian division it's, it's working pretty good maybe we're looking at what happened this weekend the wrong instead of saying bob you know john what's going on with calgary are we john are we starting to see edmonton round in a form of it here um well it goes to i think what we started to see on that eastern road trip bob is you're seeing the depth contribute 
Uh, and as soon as you go from having six forwards being relied on and you end up going to 10 or 11, then, uh, then, then the domino effect is, is so great for your hockey club. And, and I think that that's continued. And I think that take, takes a ton of pressure off of Connor and Leon to play their games. And, and you, can, you can see what Connor does when he plays without any pressure. I mean, he, he was remarkable on, on, on Saturday night. Um, so from that perspective, I, I do think they're better. I think their defense is better. You know, there obviously is going to be a little bit of concern. Lagesson's probably out for a few, maybe a couple of more games. Uh, you, you have to wonder how deep the, the blue line is. Ethan Bear, will he be back soon? You know, and, and, but, but the reality there is that they do have options when everybody's healthy. Yes. So you combine that with the goaltending, all of a sudden, and how many, how many times over the last couple of years have we said the Oilers aren't deep enough? The Oilers don't have any depth. Sure, they've got two great superstars, but they need some depth. All of a sudden, this depth has manifested itself, and that's how good teams win. So the question is, can the depth continue to contribute? And if the, if the answer is yes, if Tyler Ennis can keep this up, if Archibald can keep this up, if Jujar Kara can keep this up, then the team is pretty darn good but consistency has always been something that all of the guys that i've just mentioned have had an issue with in the last two or three years not just not necessarily just in in uh, in edmonton so if they can maintain the consistency then this team is better than i think a lot of people anticipated yes right now the Oilers have two of the top five scoring defensemen in the national hockey league Barry's on the power play, and as you know, John, because we've talked about this before on Darnell Nurse, he's ba- basically the last three-plus seasons, he's, well, he's definitely now, but he was going into the season for the three prior years, top 12 in even-strength scoring uh, per 60 minutes played in the NHL on Now, he plays a lot with Connor McDavid, but the point is he is a guy that's been able to, to chip in a bit. I'm not saying he's going to keep up the goal totals, but he yeah. plays. He plays with. A, a, he often plays with McDavid's line, and he's a guy that can transport the puck. So, I, the, the fact is, once for me, John, I'm going to be really intrigued when they get because they're going to play Bouchard and Bear at some point together, and uh, I'm going to be really intrigued to like the defense is the highest scoring defense in the NHL right now, John, and they might not finish that way, but they are right now, and that is part of their scoring depth and part of the reason why they're fourth in the league in goals for. You know what? How many times can you talk about puck-moving defensemen? And I, I remember, I remember watching the Avalanche play one night uh, uh, in Edmonton, uh, and and twice in one period, the two guys up the ice were Samuel Girard and Tyson Berry, uh, and 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 they they were playing with a level of confidence and a level of freedom, and and you're starting to see that level of confidence and freedom in Barry's game. You know, he's he's finally been able to, to shuck all the criticism that, that Toronto uh, forced upon him last season. Um, I think that he learned, under, he learned what his role was on this Oiler organization when you have guys like Dreisaitl and McDavid. Early on, I think he thought he was the number one option on the power play. Now I think he understands that he's one of the options on the power play. And that changes a ton, ton of attitude as well. So, so from that perspective, I think Tyson, you know, sure, he, had, he, he listen, Johnny Goudreau dressed him on the goal on Friday night. But other than that, I thought his game on Friday was really strong. 
really yeah. good at both ends of the ice. Um, and he's, you know, he has, this is the guy that we saw so many times in Denver. This yeah. is the guy that we saw in Colorado, Colorado that everybody coveted, not just in Edmonton, but in a ton of NHL arenas. Yeah, well, you know, I was cheerleading on that one. I mean, I just, I wanted the dynamic added. All right. Yeah, you cheerlead on some guys that I don't agree with, Jan. No, that's all right. You're makes... your batting, batting average is about 500 on that kind of stuff. I, John, don't give me that much credit. It ain't that high. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to take you down a completely different path. In 2016 at the World uh, Championship, you'll remember this, Koskinen was in goal for Finland, Talbot was in goal for Canada, and it was Connor McDavid scored the game winner, 2 nothing victory, but the surrealist moment was when Vladimir Putin came on the ice to present the medals. Oh, and that's right. I just remember the look on and you know you know when you're in Russia there's a guy and you know exactly where I'm going here I mean you just take a look at the rise and falls of some of those oligarchs and how they were connected to to Gorbachev and and then Putin takes this story out of New York I mean involving Artemi Panarin it is and it's uh, the Rangers are obviously taking it it seriously but they're going to support their players well this is a multi-layered international story isn't it John I'm not sure how much it has to do with hockey, to be honest. Uh, yeah. I think this is much more this is much more serious when you think of what's going on in Russia, and and how the opposition leader Navalny's been treated, and now he's in prison for I guess what three years. Um, th- this is one that yes, the Rangers are going to do everything they, they can to do to support uh, Artemi Panarin, but this is this is much bigger than the world you and I live in, and what the end the world that the NHL is. Yes. So that, I think that that's why there's concern. Uh, I think that that's uh, it, 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 it's obviously something that uh, has been festering for a while since Panarin publicly supported the opposition leader, uh, but quite frankly. This is this is what Russian politics can be like, and I'm not sure any of us really truly understand it other than we're absolutely scared uh, of Mr. Putin and what, he, what his people can do. Do you recall when the two billionaires got in a scrap on TV? And uh, I think the guy's name was Lebedev. Lebedev and the one guy, yeah. they, like, they just... They were they were challenging each other. They're both billionaires, and one guy was like a real estate guy, and and the other guy was in media, and he, and he just like on national TV just got up and corked him like three times. Uh, wow, different world. All right, and now a much more laid back uh, John Shannon TV perspective. The visuals, unlike Tahoe, what'd you think? I know for 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 what it was, it was great, but. You know, the, the reason the NHL did it was to try to attract a non-traditional hockey fan to watch. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that it got moved off NBC on, on Saturday uh, and Sunday um, because it, that was the whole goal of this was to, to, to attract, as, as the original outdoor games were in 2009-2010, was to attract a non-traditional hockey fan to watch the game. Um, and ho- hopefully that helped a little bit. It was beautiful. It was beautiful, it, you know, and the players are still going. You talk to any of the guys, particularly the Colorado guys and the, and the Vegas guys, they're glowing about it. They just loved it. 
the Bruins appeared to have fun. I'm not sure that the Flyers had too much fun, the fact that six of their stars were back in Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh, but everybody seemed to enjoy themselves. But, but, but what is, you know, the goal of this was to try to get new viewers to the game. And I, I, I haven't seen the numbers to, to decide whether that worked or not. It's unfortunate what happened on Saturday with the ice. They had another delay on, on Sunday with the Flyers' late, late afternoon start. Um, but, man, oh, man, if, if we're going to look at pictures and we're going to look at uh, still photography, it was spectacular. John, awesome stuff. We'll talk again on Wednesday, okay? Okay, Bob. That is John Shannon, Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott joining me. We'll take a... This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu quick timeout. Get to some text and get to our Oilers Now injury report for James H. Brown. You're listening to Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Hey Bob, uh, this text comes to us from Darren at 1256 in Edmonton. He says, uh, great show. Well, thank you, Darren. Uh, I was wondering if uh, there's going to be a hearing for Lindholm's boarding of Yamamoto resulting in an injury. Now, was that one the one on uh, – did Lindholm get two or one? I can't even remember. It was a hard play on Yamamoto. Uh, Yamamoto was on the ice today. Uh, there is going to be no hearing. Just to establish, Darren. Um there's some. They got to call the cheap stuff. That's that's it. Like I, I get it. Uh, you know the Flames were frustrated, but there was some stuff go, going on in the third period of that game, and I I was a little bit perplexed at a couple of the non calls. And the fact is, it wasn't like Dave Tippett, his head coach, was in the mood to run up the score because when the Oilers did get an actual power play, they didn't have any of their guns on the ice. Oilers GM says Calgary is the most overrated team in the NHL. Their defense is overrated. Their offense is overrated. Uh, they're stuck in no man's land and honestly should do a full rebuild because they'll never win anything with that team from Oilers GM. Uh, they got a really good goalie who can't be overworked. Their defense is in transition. It's eventually going to be Rasmus Anderson and uh, the guy from Tri-Cities and Yusuf Alamaki. Mm. they got some good forwards. Mm-hmm. I didn't even ask John Shannon this. John says, Bob, why are there so many Eastern media trying to shoehorn Austin Matthews into the conversation about being the best player in the NHL? Any objective observer can see it's McDavid by a mile. Well, there's one thing that really benefits uh, Austin Matthews, and we'll talk about that coming up a little bit later on with Bruce Boudreau. As we go off to the Oilers Now Injury Report for James H. Brown, Injury Lawyers, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. You know who's stoked about an Oilers sweep of the Calgary Flames this weekend? 
Trent Brown. Jim Brown and the gang at James H. Brown. Here is Brennan Escott. Okay, to bring you back up to speed, Slater Cuckoo has a broken collarbone, an ugly one at that. Based on his Instagram post, he is out indefinitely now. Uh, you just heard about Kyler Yamamoto, William Lagason, Ethan Bear still listed as day-to-day, although they are skating. Toronto's Jake Muzzin will miss some time here with a, a fractured facial bone. They don't have a definitive time frame there. He will be wearing a facial mask on his return. And Thomas Shabbat has missed Ottawa his last two games with an upper body injury. He is questionable for tomorrow's rematch against Montreal. All right. It is uh, 12.59 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan S. Scott with you. We'll tell you coming up today, a uh, longtime NHL head coach, a guy that's been an NHL coach of the year, Bruce Boudreau at 105, but not before a global news weather traffic update, Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.